Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Uh, yes, Long Cat Media presents Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 25. Greetings, fans of the esoteric. It is I, Magenta, and the Bee Man, Bernard. The Bee Dog. Bee Dog. Oh, no, that just sounds like you're some hybrid, doesn't it? Yes, that it does. Half it? bee, half dog. Yes, or, or, or a hot dog made of bees. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and you are a little rotund, and you do wear stripy tops, don't you, Bernard? I, yes, I suppose that's fair. So, yes. in a way, you do resemble a hot dog made of bees. Good lord. Anyway. That's a rather left field beginning, wasn't it? We were already getting into the bizarre imagery. Yes, maybe we should just crack on with the novel because we're getting to a very exciting bit, aren't we? We are. We're building to a climax. Yes. So let's hurry up and get there so we can have a snooze afterwards and then some pizza. Ooh. Right. So we're on page 158, uh, chapter 21. Musical flourish. It's just after 10.15pm. Fazir boards in approximately an hour. I have one hour to get the rings from around his neck without him knowing it's me and make my escape. Well, I love a challenge. Actually, I don't. I don't love a challenge at all. I'm currently lurking in a duty-free shop, not far from where Fazir is sitting. It hadn't been that hard to find him. Once we'd passed the various checks, Derek had zoomed into the air again, and he'd spotted him at one of the many airport coffee shops, buying a nutmeg-infused white chocolate pumpkin Christmas latte. Honestly, what's happened to coffee? They've pimped it beyond recognition. It's more like a hot milkshake now, frothed, spiced, syruped, and a four-quid price tag to boot. And yet this ridiculous, painted whore of a beverage is considered more sophisticated than a cup of good old English tea. But can you see that happening to tea? There you go, madam. One cup of cinnatoasted almond biscotti air-fluffed winter solstice tea. You'd tell them to bloody stick it. Ridiculous, I say out loud. Anyway... I'm standing approximately 15 feet from where the target is sat in a chair, drinking his dessert soup and reading the paper. I'm in disguise. I've changed my turban, so it's highly unlikely he'll notice or even recognize me. It's amazing what a bejeweled turban can do. No one looks at your face. They're too busy being dazzled by Diamante. I check the time on my phone. 56 minutes to go. What do we do? Derek asks plaintively. You know, there's a lot of Derek in this. Do you want to be Derek? I, 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 I mean, uh, yes, all right, yes. You could put on a I mean, voice. I'm not so desperately that it's happy different. about being Derek, but. Uh, well, I know it's a little odd. It's, it's like we're doing role play with my it's, first it's, husband. It's somewhat insulting, but, but I, 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 I don't insulting? mind. Insulting? Don't be ridiculous. No, I don't mind. I'll, I'll do it. It's I'll do 2020. It. Get with the times. You're all right, I'll, I'll be Derek. All right. What voice are you going to do? No, I'm Derek. I'll do it like that, shall I? Oh, yes. Well, you did know Derek, so... so yeah, well, I mean, he was northern originally, but then he sort of trained himself out of that, so I can probably do whatever I want, really. No, you, you I'm going to do him like this, because yes. this, this is what he is to me. Right, all right. Yes, this could be quite cathartic for you. I feel like I might be able to get work through some of my, you know, my neuroses. Yes. Publicly. <laughs> yes. 
best way to do it. If you can't monetize it, does it even exist? Eh? Like a tree falling in the ocean woods. Ocean woods. Right, all right, let's get on with this. 56 minutes to go. What do we do? Derek asks plaintively. We can't just stand here. We have to do something. I stay silent, feeling a bit sweaty and squirmy with panicky indecision. I look around desperately, as if I might find inspiration amongst the perfumes and giant triangular chocolates. I stop abruptly. Something highly irregular is standing not ten feet away. It's the angel again. The dickhead with the muse t-shirt. What's he doing here? I murmur. In that instance, he looks up and our eyes lock briefly before he snaps his head back to the shelf of celebrity-endorsed perfumes he's apparently inspecting. Very peculiar, very suspicious. I head over to him. Hello there, I say to the angel. It turns its head slowly and looks at me, glowy patrician face a mask of bored indifference. But it doesn't fool me. It's too much of a coincidence that I've seen it in three different places now. That's never happened before either. Oh, do you want to be the angel, Bernard? No, well, I I think I'd better suit it to that, don't you? (laughs) Well, uh, Well, actually, not that angel. Angel, yes. I mean, you know what I think about angels. Well, I suppose so, but I'll I'll, I'll just read the angel. What voice are you going to do? Uh, I'll I'll do a sort of... uh, How about Zippy from Rainbow? That sounds quite close to Derek. He sounds like... uh, Try it. Let's hear it. Ah, Zippy from Rainbow. He sort of sounds like that, doesn't he? Oh, yes. How about George? Oh... He's more like that. Oh, yes, that's not right for the angel. What, what about if I do sort of like Neil from the young ones? Uh, he's too mm. drippy as well. You know, someone really sort of, uh, I don't know, gets under your skin and, it's, oh, God, you just can't stand the bugger. Yeah, what, what, what about Morrissey? Oh, yes. He's deeply irritating. Should we go with him? Yes, that honking goose of a man. Oh, yes, it's yes. all like that, isn't it? Excellent. All right. All right. Oh, it's my line, isn't yes. it? Yes. All right. It sneers casually. I can understand what it's saying. Oh, I must have clung on to a few scraps of magic. Pity I couldn't retain something more useful. Are you following me? I ask, avoiding a wing as it turns with studied nonchalance to examine the price on a label. It's so obviously an affectation that it's insulting. What's it going to do? Buy a perfume? And then what? Give it to Jesus for his birthday? Yes, I suppose I am. It says in its cold, clipped tones. Well, it's not very clipped, but it'll do, won't it? Cold, drawling, sort of annoying tones. Honking tones. Yes. Yes. Still not looking at me. Oh, I'm rather taken aback by the readiness of the admission. How long have you been doing that for, then? I ask. It turns to me, folding its alabaster arms over the scruffy purple T-shirt. About 42 years. It says in a bored voice. Yeah, I ask, articulately. 42 years? If you must know, that's how old I am. But not on the inside, though, eh? Where it counts. On the inside, I feel about 90. Why, I demand. I'm your guardian angel. It sighs, rolling its eyes. It appears to have learned human mannerisms from teen movies. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I'd never even seen you before this Tuesday, I say. I know this for a fact. I might not have understood what they were ruddy saying until a few days ago, but I could damn well see them. You have seen me. The angel says petulantly, flicking a lock of gleaming blonde over its shoulder. And you've talked to me. You've told me to piss off about 72 times. It glares, looking quite like my daughter for a second. Look, I say defensively, that's rubbish. I've told a lot of angels to piss off over the years. Well, come on now, they're bloody creepy. But I have only seen you this last three days. 
Oh, oh, okay then. I'm just a bloody liar. Snaps the angel waspishly, hands on androgynous hips. Or maybe you're just a massive racist who pretends she can't tell anyone apart. Now look here, I start, but the angel interrupts. Maybe you'll recognise me now. It hisses. And with that, the Muse logo on its t-shirt changes into an image bearing the title of the Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen album, before morphing into a U2 t-shirt, followed by the Lighthouse family, Oasis, Morrissey, and finally the Pussycat Dolls, before turning back into Muse. How eclectic. Oh, I say, things clicking into place. So there haven't been lots of different angels over the years, it's just you wearing different t-shirts. Well, I just thought angels had questionable taste in music and clothes. I had no idea it was just the one angel with questionable taste. How confusing. I've seen plenty of other angels besides this t-shirt clad one, but they all seem to stick to the traditional toga and sandals look. But how was I to know? I thought a new t-shirt meant a new angel. All right, I'm sorry about that, I say awkwardly. What's your name, then? Gabriel. Gabriel, I shriek. My guardian angel is Gabriel. That's like discovering your physics teacher is Isaac Newton, or your drama teacher is Keanu Reeves. God, I love Keanu. The angel is looking peeved again. Not the Gabriel, just Gabriel. It's a common name. He mutters, nudging at invisible dust on the floor with his sandal-covered foot. As I process vague disappointment, icy breath chills my left ear. I shiver. Magenta? It's Derek, peering over my shoulder at the angel. He sounds excited. What's going on? Is this angel going to help us? You will know. Why the devil not? Yes, I say, beaming at my sulky angel. That's a good idea. We're in a bit of a pickle, Gabriel. And as you're my guardian angel, I presume you'd be up for lending a hand. The angel looks mildly alarmed. Its botoxy face stretches even more than normal, like a surprised mantis. Oh, hmm, uh, well, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that'd be cool. We tend to operate on a strict non-interference basis, which precludes us from meddling in mortal affairs. It says, making little speech marks around non-interference with its fingers. So what's the point of a guardian angel, then? I demand. A woman further down the aisle looks at me strangely, and I realise I've been talking at full volume into thin air again. I wonder what airport policy is on passengers talking to themselves and generally acting eccentrically. Best not to test it too far. Well, what's the point of anything? Yawns the angel cryptically. A job is a job. I haven't got time for this existential rubbish. Then you need to change your effing job title, I whispered tightly. If you're not going to help me when I need it, then you're hardly a guardian, are you? You're just a very persistent stalker. I don't much like the idea of being followed for 42 years by some disinterested Jobsworth, and how much has it seen, I wonder? Has it been hiding in the bedroom cupboard, watching me through the cracks, peering through the plug hole at me while I shower? It might not have a specific gender or any kind of sexuality, but it's still a damned violation. I think this twat ruddy owes me something. I lean forward and grab a fistful of angel t-shirt without thinking. Unlike with ghosts, my hand does genuinely close around material. Material that appears to be humming at an odd frequency. What feels like a colony of spectral ants rushes through the veins of my hand and up my arm. Ugh! I release the angel and wave my arm about to return it to normality, and then settle for poking a finger at its face as I speak. 
You need to help me, I hiss threateningly. There's a man over there, I nod in Fizzy's direction, that has in his possession a pair of rings. He's wearing them round his neck. We have, I check my phone, 40 minutes to get them, and I can't say I'm going to do it on my own. Just a minute, says the angel, backing up slightly. Let me get this straight. What you're saying is, you want me to help you steal? And with that, he peels into derisory girlish laughter. <laughs> Very good, Ben. Thank you. Good point. Doesn't sound great, does it? No, 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 no. I amend hastily. They're my dead husband's rings. Sort of. Uh, and that man over there is a very bad man. Well, he certainly laughs like one. And, um, what else? Oh, yes. The rings are magical, so we can't let him have them, can we? That last bit piques the angel's interest. Magic rings? It queries. I'm debating whether to make up something more impressive than the truth, like two rings to rule them all or something, when bloody Derek spills the beans. It lets the wearer interact with you guys, he says. So if someone wears them, they can see angels and speak to angels. Well, that's it, I think. God, what pointless powers. Honestly, we'll be doing Fazir a favour if we manage to nick them. Save him from crushing disappointment. The angel has reacted rather strangely, however. Its ivory feathered wings have unfurled themselves and spread to a diameter of, oof, at least two and a half feet, if not three feet. Angel's wings are smaller than you'd think. What do these rings look like? The angel squeaks, eyes wide, wings quivering. Plain, sort of dirty gold, I supply. Um, fairly unremarkable, no gems or anything. Really, there's absolutely nothing special about them. One of them is inscribed with Malus Autem Angelus, and the other says Et Venice et Obtemperare. Says Derek. I'm glad you had to say that, not me, Bernard. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I have... Did you take Latin at school? Because I Google translated this. I have, I, I have no idea about Latin. No, I, have, I didn't take Latin, but I did very much enjoy the series I, Claudius, with, uh, with uh, Derek Jacobi. So no, well, that's picked up a little the bit same, isn't it? Yes. How did you remember that, I demand of Derek, suspiciously? Oh, uh, ghosts have good memories, says Derek. I don't know what it means, though. Well, I do, shrieks the angel, literally in a flap. We have to get those rings. Ooh, the end of the chapter. What could it mean? Yes. What could the significance of these rings be? Yes, very exciting, and we'll find out in chapter 22. I don't know. Oh, chapter 22 is only two and a bit pages long. Hmm. Should we add that? We could add that, couldn't we? Yes, why not? Here we go. Chapter 22. All right. What do the inscriptions mean then, I ask, curiosity getting the better of me? Uh, nothing. Squeals the angel. But you're right, it would be remiss of me not to help you in your hour of need. So what's the plan? Oh, good. Can't you swoop in and just take them off his neck, I ask, hopefully. Oh, brilliant. Bitches, Gabriel. And thereby provoke an international incident? Think about it, genius. Over 400 witnesses to the modern world's first appearance of an angel, including CCTV footage that shows me stealing something off an Arab, no less. I'm sure that wouldn't create any problems with the major religions at all. All right, calm down. Can you do it invisibly or wipe everyone's memory afterwards? No. It states flatly. That isn't how it works. God. I look round expectantly. But apparently the angel isn't addressing him. Pity, he might have been able to help. Or not. Look. Gabriel continues, sighing. I, I could appear to just him. He says, pointing at Vizier. And force him to hand them over. Which is already really, really, like, just wrong, okay? 
but I'm absolutely not appearing to anyone else. He folds his arms and looks at me. So we have to get him on his own, I ask, in a friggin' airport. How are we going to manage that? There's people everywhere. Not my problem. Gabriel sniffs and then adds, Although the easiest option is obviously to follow him to Saudi and then do it there. I can appear to him in his bedroom. Old school. He nods. No. Derek interjects. We have to do it now. We have to give it to the ugly animals tonight. I've only got a few hours left before I have to return. Gabriel looks at Derek as if he's lost his marbles. What's the ghost talking about? He sniffs. Nothing, but we need to do it tonight. I check the time on my phone, which means we have to get the ring before Fazir boards his flight in 40 minutes. Fine. Says Gabriel, rolling his eyes. You better come up with a plan, then. We stand in silence for a few moments. The angel, the ghost, and the sexy fortune teller. Could be a sitcom, eh? Don't you think? No? All right. Hmm, I say, chewing my lip. My eyes search the airport. People. Lots of people. Bookstore. Fancy coffee. Overpriced snack bars. People sleeping on chairs. And a cleaner entering the men's loos with a trolley of equipment. A bunch of keys hanging from a chain at his waist. Aha! I've thought of something, I whisper. Oh, yes? Derek says, hopefully. No. No, it won't work, I say sadly, dismissing the notion. I'd need glamour, which I can no longer do. How much glamour? Derek asks. I look at him. What do you mean, how much? It'd need to be as strong as before. No. Derek says impatiently. I I mean, how long would it have to last? No. I don't know, 15 minutes worth? Well, says Derek, forehead creased in thought. I can give you about ten, at a stretch. What? I didn't know that was an option. Why the bloody hell didn't you tell me about this earlier? Because it won't be entirely like it was before. Derek says. It'll be like an emergency booster shot. You're not going to like it. End of chapter. Now that's a cliffhanger, isn't now it? Now that's a cliffhanger and a half. What on earth could that possibly that's, mean? That's a cliffhanger where you're hanging on by one of your acrylic fingernails. Oh, yes, and you're seeing the glue slowly peel away. <gasps> Will it hold on? Oh, and it's really aching like they do when they bend backwards. Yes, very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Yes. Almost as uncomfortable as plunging off a cliff, I imagine. All right, that's probably enough for now. Well, let's leave it there for now. Bye-bye. Madame Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman, with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafar. You can follow Madame Magenta on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Check out this place. You'd love to retire here? 
Out now on podcast platforms across the galaxy.